Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Today's guest is Champaign School Board candidate Elizabeth Soteropoulos. Now, I haven't known you very long, but I admire your activism. Can you first tell me the trajectory of your own education here, elementary school through college? Yeah, so I went to Cary Busey in the original location on Kirby. Then I went to Franklin uh, when it was originally a magnet school. It's back to being that again. And then I went to Centennial. And after that, I went to the U of I, where I studied molecular and cellular biology, and that's my education. Were you on the path to medical school, or did you know what you wanted to do? I actually, I went between being a band director and a doctor, and I eventually decided to be a doctor. But when I was in college, I understood pretty early on that I couldn't be a doctor. I saw blood, and it made me pass out, so that wasn't my calling. So I thought about going into research. I applied for and was accepted into a biomedical sciences program at Einstein College of Medicine in the Bronx and deferred for a year and never went. Before we get into the meat of it, as a townie, did you even know the Burnham Mansion existed before two years ago? I did not. Okay, so it wasn't just me that thought, where did all of this passion for this dump come from? No, it wasn't just you. I knew of Burnham Hospital because my both my parents worked there, but I did not know about Burnham Mansion. At what point in the past year did you decide to run for Unit 4 School Board? I knew that I wanted to run for office and I had really been considering school board for a couple of years. That's why I was so involved in different political campaigns for the midterms because I wanted to really understand what it was like to run for office. So it was during that campaign season that I decided, yes, this is for me. This is what I enjoy doing. The point where I decided to run for Champaign School Board was when, after the midterms, I noticed that the teacher contract negotiations were not going well. And I said on Facebook, hey, now that the midterms are over, we need to turn our attention to the school board and we need to be supporting our school board, our teachers, and we need to understand what's happening. Somebody private messaged me and told me to mind my own business. And that is the point where I decided to run for school board. You, Jennifer Enoch, and Michael Fulmer are all running jointly. How did you decide those candidates most aligned with your beliefs? I didn't know Jennifer Enoch and Michael Fulmer before December, actually. A woman that I deeply respect and has helped me so much during this process is Alicia Beck. And she was the one who knew Michael Fulmer and Jennifer Enoch. And in the process of finding candidates to run. She knew I was running because she was the first person I told. She reached out to people that she knew and these were the two that were the most qualified, the most passionate about it, and also wanted to run. Now, you all were endorsed by the Champaign Federation of Teachers, and they don't take their endorsements lightly. What reasons did they give you for picking you? I think they picked me because I saw that it seems that the teachers' voices have been excluded from a lot of these conversations that the school board members haven't really prioritized the teacher's needs. And through my own research, I learned that any kind of change is going to be student and teacher led. And we need to listen to our teachers because they're the ones with our students, in many cases, more than the parents are. 
So we need to listen to the teachers. We need to prioritize them. We need to prioritize our conversations, our dialogues, and our relationships with them. And I think I made a compelling case. At the forum, you said you don't disagree with recent decisions made by the school board regarding budget increases, but where would you like to see budgets focus on in the next few years? So I want to make perfectly clear, I am 100% supportive of the construction projects that are happening. Some decisions, of course, were made that are out of my hands and out of the board members' hands that you know, we have to make do with what we have and as far as location goes in some cases. But of course, we need to make sure these construction projects happen and they are finished as quickly as possible. So beyond that, we need to prioritize making sure that our students are well-funded, especially our students of color and our students who are coming from low-income homes. Now, you emphasized a minute ago, and in a recent article I read about you, the importance of a dialogue between teachers and the board. And you said, quote, the district can do a better job of putting teachers at the helm. Did you decide that after the contract negotiations were tenuous or before? My own understanding of the relationship between the teachers and the board has changed a lot because as an outsider who is relying on news from our newspaper and our TV stations, I misunderstood what the relationship was. It was during the teacher contract negotiations and in talking with teachers during and after that time that I realized how important it was to put teachers at the helm. As a business owner, you also know how important communication and responsiveness is. At the forum, you said the first thing is that when people reach out to you, they want a response. How would you translate that as a school board member? So when someone reaches out to me, the first thing, like I said, is to respond and to say, I've heard you. There will probably be a lot of problems that I can't directly help with. Some things may be completely out of my control. So the next thing I would try to do is connect that person with the person or group that could help them. And if I can help them in some way, I would want to have a conversation with them. Yes, as a business owner, I understand that the nature of complaints is that usually there's something deeper that leads to that complaint in the first place. And I want to talk with people to understand where is this coming from? I think when we really try to listen to people and ask the questions and pull out the details that people might not be so forthcoming with, that's when people truly feel like they're heard. Even if we can't really help them, even if we can't make any changes based on what they're asking for. One major thing you'd like to see a change in As you've noted, a disparity exists between the suspensions and expulsions of white and black students, and that is why it is a topic in need of addressing. It's not an easy fix. Do you have ideas on how to make this more equitable? Where do we start? It starts with dialogue, and it starts with all of us coming to the table with a lot of courage to say, I have grown up hearing things about different races. I have been taught to have these attitudes towards people who don't look like me, who don't talk like me, who might worship differently from me. It's hard, but it's necessary. And our country has gone through these changes over and over and over again, where if we look around at our friends and our neighbors now, even a hundred years ago would be unheard of, but we're not done. We still have so much progress to make. And so in order to make our discipline systems more equitable, having conversations and being able to come out and talk about our fears and our concerns, I think is a really 
important part of making a change. At a policy level and an administrative level, we can hold our administrators accountable and say, why are so many so many more students of color being suspended or expelled from Unit 4 than our white students? We need to have these difficult conversations with each other, and we need to hold each other accountable, myself included. All right. You have a daughter in elementary school. Has she walked you through the horror of active shooter drills? Does she talk nonchalantly about it like my child does? I've asked her about it in a sensitive way multiple times. And if she has been through those drills, she does not understand what those drills are and she doesn't remember them. You've called for more research to be done on trauma caused by school shooting drills. What would you like to see happen? A school resource officer in every school, metal detectors? How do we stop this from happening? That's a really hard question and I don't have the answer to it. One thing is that armed school resource officers I don't believe is the solution because that's just bringing more fear into our schools. Metal detectors, that might help. Sure, of course. I I really don't have the answers, but what I can say is bringing more guns into schools is not not it. Amen to that. You also want to spotlight mental health resources. Don't you think those preemptive measures need to start in preschool, that middle school and high school, is that's too late? If we could have more mental health resources available when students are much younger in preschool, that would be fantastic. I'm all for that. But I don't think it's ever too late. And so if our district, for example, could only afford more mental health services at in the middle school and high school levels, I think that would be a tremendous help because students are going through a huge change during that time. They're going from being children to adults. You know, a lot of students, when they're in middle school and high school, they're hearing about these difficult issues that adults have to deal with, maybe for the first time, um, or if they've not, if they've already heard about it, they're experiencing these issues for the first time. So. I don't think we should say, well, if we can't have mental health resources for the younger ages, it's not worth it later. No, I think it's absolutely worth it. Just like I would say to an adult, even an older adult who is struggling in life, I wouldn't say, oh, it's too late for you. No, mental health resources help everyone. And I think our country, and especially Champaign, could definitely benefit from more. As you've walked around Champaign and knocked on doors, whether or not people have kids in school here, what are some of the chief things that you're hearing? Chief complaints or chief focuses that people would like to see happen? So there is a divide uh, by neighborhood and also by adults who have students in the district and adults who don't. So in some neighborhoods, the chief complaints are they hear about the fights that are happening at Central. And that's what they remember. That's what comes to mind when they think about Unit 4, the fights and how there doesn't seem to be anything to stop these fights other than sending students home. This isn't something that I had heard a lot about before running for school board. So this was news to me. In other neighborhoods, parents say... Oh, my kid doesn't have any homework. School just seems so easy now. Other In other neighborhoods, especially neighborhoods where the adults are a little bit older and their kids are out of school, the main concern is how much money the district has been spending on administrators and administrative facilities. And so, again, this is something that I was aware of because of the news 
resources in town before I started running for school board. But I have heard this over and over and over again as I've been canvassing. On your website for Illini Tutoring, you said, quote, I don't just want to teach math and science. I want to be a leader in the movement for making math and science accessible to everyone. Do you often hear how bad your clients' parents are at math? I mean, is that one of the first things you hear that they come to you because they can't get help at home? Some of our parents aren't very good at math and science, or they might say, oh, you know, it's been so long since I've done it, I don't remember it. But I would say I hear from more parents that they've tried to help their students. Maybe their parents are still actively using math and science uh, in their everyday lives. But a lot of students especially high schoolers and maybe middle schoolers as well, don't tend to take instruction from their parents very well. There is this dynamic of, you know, oh, my parent is telling me what to do, and if I don't do it, I'm going to get in trouble. And so when students find help, especially tutors and mentors outside of their family, they're much more receptive to the advice that we give and the coaching that we give. Now, you and your husband work at the same place. My husband and I could never do that. What's your favorite thing about running a family business? Everything in our family's life seems to be integrated. We are all in, all the time, and all together. So we work very well together, especially when it comes to the business. Of course, we have our disagreements sometimes, but we try to approach our problems from a data-driven perspective. So we try to make decisions that are based mostly on logic and less on emotion. You know, that's working with my husband, but I also want to say my kids, from the time my daughter was born, I was tutoring with her. She was just a few days old. She was sitting next to me because at that time we had nothing. We had no money. I couldn't take any time off. I had to keep tutoring. So they've been in this from the beginning. They're 100% supportive. And that's, that's really important because I'm away from my kids until about eight o'clock every weeknight. And sometimes it's later than that. But they feel a sense of ownership in what mommy and daddy do. Does your daughter understand what it means that you're running for school board? What does she see that it means? I don't think she really understands what the school board does, but I've tried to explain it to her. I think she just gets a bit bigger kick out of seeing our last name all over town. Does she knock on doors with you? I mean, have you made this a family affair? Oh yeah, she loves canvassing. She helped me canvass for the midterms. And yeah, both of my kids have tried to help me canvass. They get tired and annoyed pretty fast, but my daughter's favorite task is handing out the literature. When people criticize elected officials, have you learned that we don't always know the whole story of why decisions are made? Is that a big part of what motivated you to run because you like to seek information? Yes, absolutely. I feel I started to understand that a couple of years ago when I really started to educate myself on politics and government and civic engagement. What's important to me is transparency and understanding we can still criticize or let's say make constructive criticisms of our elected officials But we could do that a lot better if we had more information. And I do understand that a lot of information is not for the general public to have. But I think across the board, when elected officials can be more transparent about the process and the information that they have, when the public is better informed, our democracy works better. What's the best part about public school? from your experience and what you're witnessing now, the best part? For me, as a graduate of public schools, the best part is the fact that I come from a family where neither of my parents have a four-year degree. My mom has a two-year degree and my dad 
uh, only had a high school diploma, but there was really no difference in the education that I received compared to my friends whose parents were doctors or lawyers or engineers. And through my education, and I certainly wasn't always a great student, but I always loved learning. And I wasn't judged based on the family that I came from or the home or the neighborhood that I came from. And I think the best part of public education is that when it works well, all students have that opportunity to to make the decisions they want in life, to learn what they want to learn and become who they want to become. When people see you and they call you Liz, does it make you cringe like it makes me cringe? (laughs) I can't handle Beth. Liz is okay, but I usually do correct people and say it's Elizabeth. And Lizzie? Only my husband is allowed to call me that. All right. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. It was such a pleasure to have Unit 4 School Board candidate Elizabeth Sotoropoulos join me today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. 